Welcome to the Average Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Hinton. I am the Average Dad, and we will be talking about average things. So sit back, relax, let's dig in. Enjoy the ride. Hello, welcome back to the Average Dad Podcast. I am your host, the Average Dad. Thank you for coming along and and joining us again for another episode where we talk about average things because I am the average dad. How are y'all doing? I hope you had a great week last week. Um, You know, the last episode on Tuesday, we talked about a lot of different things, a lot of cool things. Um, One thing that, you know, I thought, oh man, Josh, you really stepped out on was that whole Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers retirement thing. You know, Sunday or Saturday, it was announced that Tom Brady's retiring. And I thought, well, crap, there went that, you know, prophecy. But instead, you know, he's now kind of rescinded that and said, hey, I never said that. And so they've kind of taken that back a little bit. And now Tom says it's a day by day. Literally, when I'm recording this, I got an ESPN alert just a few minutes ago that Tom says it's day by day. I think now he comes back just for the sake of coming back to say, ha, I told you so. Um, You know, still thinking Aaron Rodgers might be hanging it up, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. You know, still plenty of time. Um, Sorry, I had to sneeze there. I couldn't mute the the blame thing fast enough. Um, Still plenty of time. How about the Super Bowl? Coming up two weeks, I talked a little bit last week about the Super Bowl halftime show that I'm excited about. Welcome back to the 90s. You know, we got Eminem and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Mary J. Blige. and and, um, and But, hey, it's going to be a Cincinnati Bengals versus the L.A. Rams in L.A. So you got to automatically think that the Rams have got some kind of advantage there being at home, but it is the Super Bowl. It's the biggest stage for those NFL players and uh, should be exciting. I will be tuning in and watching and um, yeah, should be good stuff. Really good stuff, actually. Uh, Pretty excited about this Sunday evening. Um, We got some stuff going on at church pretty much all afternoon Sunday, but the, the, the Clash at the Coliseum. NASCAR is back. They are in L.A. at the Coliseum. They've built like a, a small, like three-eighths of a mile track, maybe maybe quarter-mile track, inside the Coliseum. And so they're going to be putting the new car on the track. It's going to be old-school, beating and banging, small-town round track style race and looking forward to it. A lot of people are not, a lot of people are dreading it. Hey, look, it's racing. I've been watching iRacing on, on the internet a lot lately. I've been, I watched a little bit of the Rolex 24 over the weekend. Uh, that's interesting. You know, they go 24 solid hours. They change out drivers. It's four drivers for the 24 hour stint. Um, and they'll run, you know, an hour or so here, an hour or so there. And so they're, constantly changing drivers out and um that's a really really cool race it's several different classes you got porsche you got gt it's just it's it's several it's several different classes all in one really cool event though goes through the night i love waking up on that sunday morning and turning it on and just kind of seeing where everybody shook out overnight so fun stuff fun stuff uh hey i put a post up on facebook social media um, yesterday, I don't know, within the last 48 hours, we'll say that. Hey, if you're flipping through the channels and you come across a movie, what is it? It, I mean, it, that movie that you see, no matter when it, what time it is, whatever, what else going on, you stop and watch it. And so, um, I'll hit a couple of them for you that were, that were, mentioned uh grease 2 yeah not a big fan of grease 2 sorry Catherine. just really 
not a big fan of the Michelle Pfeiffer grease too. Sometimes you just got to stop. And they should have stopped with John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. They should have stopped when that one was finished. Um, any Star Wars movies? Uh, I might hurt some feelings here. Star Wars, I tolerate it. I know about it. I'm not going to stop and watch. Um, this individual went and put a couple on there. Steel Magnolias. I think I might have watched it once or twice with my grandmother when I was a kid. Uh, Troy. I guess that's Troy with Brad Pitt. That was a good movie. Very uh, very good movie, actually. Uh, Dirty Dancing. Yeah, I, I will stop and watch Dirty Dancing. Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey, uh, the old dude from Law & Order. Um, that was a good movie. That was a really good movie, actually. Uh, nobody puts baby in the corner. Um, but no, very good movie. Uh, they shouldn't have done the second one. Uh, I think it was like Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights, if anybody even watched it. Uh, and then Grease. Yeah, I've already touched on that. Grease was great. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. I love Mrs. Doubtfire because I love Robin Williams. Sally Field. Um, Pierce Brosnan. I mean, think about the cast in that movie. It was great. Um, the little girl that played Matilda. Uh, I, I don't recall her name. Uh, she was cute as a button in that movie. Um, button in that movie. Um, but no, that yes, that is a great movie. One of my favorites. Uh, Leslie's not a big fan of it. But uh, I, if it is on, I will watch it. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rebecca. Speed. Uh, mm. I mean, I'll watch just about anything with Sandra Bullock in it. Except for, was it Bird 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 Box or whatever it was, where she was like blindfolded or whatever? Yeah, I didn't watch that. But I can't cut speed. Sorry. The only kind of Keanu Reeves movies that I like, I've watched The Matrix and they're tolerable. He was in a movie uh, back years ago called, I think it was called Hardball, um, about some uh, a little baseball team. That one was decent. Um, now, the replacements, where they play, they were a football team. Uh, that was a good movie. Gene Hackman, Keanu Reeves. Um, that was a that was a good movie. I, I was a fan of that, but I just can't handle. Uh, I can't handle speed. Um, let's see here. Remember the Titans? Oh, remember the Titans is always good. I cried in that movie. When I saw it in theaters, I cried. It was at the moment where Gary Bertier got hit in the, the the collision, the wreck. But I'm sorry it was not because Gary was hit. It was because how many classic Camaros did they have to destroy filming that scene? <clears throat> I mean, destroy. Um, my mom said, Wild Hogs. <clears throat> Excuse me, another good one. Tim Allen, John Travolta, um, Martin Lawrence. Uh, you just, those guys are great. Uh, and you put them together, nobody would have imagined that they would have been that well together. Um, I can't remember the other guy's name. There's always going to be that one person that I can't remember. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Ray, yep, agreed. Saving Private Ryan, Tom Hanks. It's, it's a... Um, it's another classic that you have to stop and watch. The Proposal. Yep. I will watch The Proposal. Sandra Bullock, Betty White, Ryan Reynolds. I will definitely watch that. Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, there was actually two Shawshank Redemption um, votes. And I'll be honest, I only the first time I ever watched Shawshank Redemption was just here a few years ago. Um, and, and I like it. I really do. It's a good, good movie. Uh, Green Mile, once again, Tom Hanks. Um, what was the, uh, the, the, the big guy? Um, oh man, I'll think of it in a minute. He passed away way too soon. Um, but, uh, he was, he was great. Uh, the main character, you know, um, Smokey and the Bandit, 
Yes. Classic Smokey and the Bandit. I'll even watch the second one. The second one was far from great, but it wasn't terrible. <clears throat> it wasn't terrible. Uh, and then uh, Tombstone. Yes. Tombstone. That is an all-star cast. Uh, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton. Um, I, you know, that was just... The Earp Boys were just hardcore to begin with. <clears throat> but Tombstone? Yeah. I, I, I'd watch Tombstone anytime it comes on TV. Um, you know, I will, I will say... Uh, some of my personal favorites. Um, of course, you're going to laugh. You're going to cringe. As my kids say, cringy. Days of Thunder. I love Days of Thunder. Twins. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. I thought they were... Uh, <clears throat> that was a great movie. There was rumored that there was a Twins 2 coming out. <clears throat> and I'm glad that they didn't do that because that would just really... Really mess up the whole you know, series. Um, so I'm, I'm, I hope they don't do that. I saw where Arnold is in a new movie coming out called Zeus. It Arnold is time to hang it up, buddy. It really is. Since I went back and watched, um, commando as an adult and saw just how bad that movie was. Yeah. Arnold, you just need to kind of hang it up, bud. Um, Big fan of, of Arnold, but it's it's time. Um, of course, Ghostbusters. I'll always stop and watch Ghostbusters. First or the second one. Now the new one's coming out uh, on, on video. Actually, got my email. It will be here today. I ordered the special edition. It's got the first two movies in it. It's got all kinds of... Um, Never before seen footage. It's just it's like eight total disc. Um, I'm not proud of what I paid for it, but it's coming today. It will be here today. So I got a feeling I know what I'm gonna be uh, up late watching tonight um, when I can get back and get my box open and everything ready to go. So, um, yeah. So. Let's let's kind of dig in. I didn't preview today's or this episode because more than just a a quick little Facebook post yesterday. Um, last week on on the third episode, we talked or I mentioned a little bit about Allie's um, dealings with being a a heart patient and. Um, how she's she's dealt with that her whole life and uh you know she turned 15 last week so it's been an ongoing thing um and i've had uh, several people reach out and just hey so i didn't realize that she had a heart issue or um hey that's pretty inspiring or you know uh there's some there's a family in, in my grow group at church that they're they're going through kind of the same thing and um you know their annual appointments coming up uh next week and and you know it, those times are always very anxious and um you 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 have you have mixed feelings when you go into those you have the the the, the fear of what's going to happen what they're going to say even though you know that if they say that we need to do this or we need to do that, it is for the, the, the patient's benefit. It's, but it's still scary, especially as a parent. Um, but I want to take you all through kind of what we've gone through over the last 15 years. Um, so I hope to be able to get through this, without breaking down, but you know, it, it happens. Grown men cry. So here's your disclaimer. Okay. If you cry easy, don't listen to this while you're driving. Okay. Um, 
it will, the things that happened over the course of those, these 15 years are nothing short of amazing. They're nothing short of being godly things. And so, um, hey, if that's not in your wheelhouse, then you're probably going to want to skip this episode, but I hope you don't. I hope you're in, in, in it with us. Um, so, you know, let's just kind of, let's dig in, kick back, relax, grab you, grab you something to drink. Um, and, and let's kind of go through it. So Alec was born on January 25th, 2007. Uh, it was a planned, uh, or no, yes, it was planned for us to come in that day, um, for her to be, for Leslie to be induced. And, uh, so they go through. You know, we get there early that morning, and um, we we start going through the process. They do the little pitocin drip and all that stuff, and they break the water and all that mess. And you know, I'm gonna say all that mess because all that, yeah, that's just kind of that's girly things. And and you ladies that listen to the podcast, you you understand, you know what I'm talking about, dudes, guys. We 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 know just business happens down there, and and somehow or another, we get a baby. So, um, we, uh, so we're, we're, we're at a local hospital here in Birmingham, St. Vincent's hospital and, um, great people at St. Vincent's. And so they, they do the drugs and all that stuff. And Leslie's just not quite progressing like they wanted her to. And so a doctor comes in, she's been, you know, we've been dealing with this for a couple of hours now and doctor comes in and she examines and she's like, Oh, well, She's breech. And so Leslie had kind of felt her move just a couple of days prior. And it's, oh, yep, well, she's turned. So we're going to just do a C-section. And so we'll get you ready to go in and we'll do all that. Boom. Got to fast forward just a few minutes because <laughs> C-section's over. They bring us out and it's like, oh, this is cool. We got a baby, you know, and here she is. And oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. I'm a dad. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm a dad. Whew. Okay. All right. First time I'd ever held a little baby like that was in that operating room. We didn't do any kind of the birthing classes or anything like that. Nurse says, here you go, dad. And I'm like, I've never held a baby before. She said, have you held a football? I said, yep. She goes here. And she hands me this little baby. And I'm like, oh man. Well, it was at that moment that that, that baby wrapped me completely. And so, um, she was not born early. She was not, uh, there was not, nothing wrong. Nothing went wrong during, um, the C-section and all that stuff was fine. And so we get back to our room and, um, you know, they, they, they come in and they're, <clears throat> they're checking her out and they're cleaning her up, you know, and, and, um, she's laying there in her little crib and this, you know, we noticed her little hands and her little feet and her little lips were just, they were really dark purple. We had this older nurse that, we we ask, you know, hey, should should she still be that dark? And it's, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It'll take some time, but she'll she'll come. You know, she'll start pinking up and coming around. Well, about two and a half hours go by, and we got this little young nurse comes walking in, and uh, sweet 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 girl. We um, we kind of kept up with her throughout the years. Uh, not so much lately, but. Um, she came in and she listened to Allie and something wasn't quite right. So she said, just not very alarming. She says, Hey, I'm just going to pull her out here just so I can, I can listen to her a little bit better. And they pull her in some little room and, um, you know, a few minutes go by my kid's not back. And it's amazing how just three or four hours prior to that, your 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 husband, your human being, your man, 
And then all of a sudden, now that you've got this baby, it's like, where's my child? I, I, you know, you're not, you're not bringing her to me fast enough. Where is my child? And I, I need her now. And so that protective mode kicks in, that dad mode kicked in. And, um, I step out into the hallway and I see a, a bunch of folks just kind of gathered around her. And I was like, what, what's going on? And the doctor pulled me to the side and he says, we need to take your baby to the NICU. Um, something's not quite right with her heart. Okay. All right. Well, let's figure that out. So off to the NICU we go. And, um, it, it, Leslie couldn't go see her that day because oh, God, she just had a C-section. So she couldn't get up out of bed till like midnight that night. So I'm back and forth between the, the NICU and checking on her and then back to the NICU and then checking on her and, and, you know, our family's there and our family's doing, you know, everything they can, uh, you know, they're not allowed to go into the NICU and, and so they're, they're, they're helping out with that and uh you know here i am just kind of like oh what's going on here you know my precious wife she's laying there drugged she's you know they're trying to keep her calm and cool she she just had major surgery and they tell us you know this this doctor from uab hospital is going to come he's going to talk to us well this doctor was a cardiologist and he takes this little book and it's a it's a book that shows all these different kind of congenital heart defects and he flips all the way to the back of the book and it's like least to greatest most severe least severe to most severe and then he starts flipping back towards the front but he didn't flip very far and he says this is what your daughter has it's called pulmonary atresia with intact ventricle septum Let me just tell you, when he said that, of course, I had no idea what he's talking about. And he's about to go over this with us. You know, the teacher on Charlie Brown, the, the wah, 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 that was what I heard right after he said that. And I was like, what do you mean? What's, what is that? And he proceeds to tell us, your daughter was born without a pulmonary valve. So the heart's got two chambers. Blood flows into one. The valve pumps it over to the other and out to the rest of the body. Well, there's nothing pumping. And her oxygen levels are dangerously low. We're talking 60s. So what we're going to do is we're going to leave her in the NICU and then when they discharge you guys, they're going to discharge her. And we're going to take her by ambulance back to UAB. And we will do a heart surgery there. Um, we will have, we will consult with uh, the surgeons between now and then and determine what surgery we're going to do and uh, get a plan together. Whoa. Wait a minute. How did we go from everything is awesome, everything is great, to she's got a heart defect that is like major, major deal. Wow. So... Day four rolls around, and uh, they send us, they, they discharge Leslie, and um, we go over to the NICU, and they're discharging Allie, and they tell us, you know, hey, UAB critical care, their ambulance will be here in just a few minutes, and they're going to take her to UAB, you'll go to the RNICU which is the regional NICU at UAB, and you'll meet her there. So we do. We go, 
And it's there where we meet our surgeon. Um, he is now retired. Uh, it's Dr. James Kirkland. Phenomenal surgeon. He's written all kinds of publications. Um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal human being. And he sits us down in this little waiting room and, and is like, you know, this is what we're going to do. And I'm going to do it tomorrow. First thing in the morning. Basically, we're, they're going to perform what they call thoracotomy. Well, they will cut her underneath her arm on the left side. And they will go in and put a shunt in that will help her body to oxygenate the blood and help to get her, her uh, oxygen levels up. Let me, let me stop for just a second and go back real quick to our time at St. Vincent's. Um, that was scary. Word was starting to get out that this wasn't right and something was wrong. And I talked to a few friends of mine. It was just one day. I don't remember what particular day it was. Um, my dad had convinced me. He's like, hey, son, don't you go home. Get a shower. Get some more clothes. And, and then come back. And Leslie's resting. You know, she's still not feeling all that great from C-section. And then just the whole shock and awe of what we're going through. And uh, I said, okay. Well, I called a buddy of mine earlier that day and talked. and We went to high school together. Um, actually, I was, his brother and I graduated high school together, and, and he was a couple years uh, younger. But me and him really hit it off. His name's Todd. Um, which, by the way, here soon... But when it gets warmer and the fish start biting, Todd and I are going to go record an episode on the water. That's going to be epic. Okay. I'm just telling you now, it's going to be epic. Our wives don't like us to get together. Okay. That's just all there is to it. I, I'm not going to go into what happened the first time I met his, his wife, which was his girlfriend at the time. It was a complete and total shock. But hey, I love him both we love them both they got a, a precious little kid or a little girl she's she's so sweet um but yeah so i i'd already talked to todd earlier in the day let me tell you if you don't have a friend like this you need to find you one so i i left and went home so leslie's there by herself and i was gone for a couple of hours I show back up at the hospital, walked in the room. I find my wife is sound asleep in the bed. And my boy Todd is sound asleep in the recliner next to her. He had gotten there just after I left. And he didn't leave till I got back. You don't have your friend like that. You need to find one. And I'm sorry that you don't. Because friends are what gets you through some of these hard, hard times. And there's no doubt knowing that, that he was there while I was gone made it easier. Even though I didn't know. But it didn't matter. Anyway. Um, so we're back at, at UAV. So they performed the thoracotomy. They put in a shunt. She's five days old at this point. Five days old. They're talking about her heart is the size of a golf ball. And this surgeon is going to go in and put this tube that's about the size of a, um, an, a spring in an ink pen. And, and he's going to route 
blood flow through it to give her a better opportunity to get a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger down the road. We were in the hospital for 13 days. That's all. 13 days, y'all. She had heart surgery and we were home. 13 days. So we go. <laughs> this is where the, the, the weight gets heavy. We, um, we're at St. Vincent's and, and at UAB. When we were at UAB, we stayed at a hotel room across the street from the hospital when she was in surgery until they moved us to a room where we could stay with her. Man, they had oxygen monitors on her. And every time she would wiggle her toe, that thing would start screaming. Oh my gosh, I can still hear it to this day. And any of you that listen to the podcast that are nurses, y'all know which ones I'm talking about. They just, they, they're really loud until you mute them or you change the settings and all. Oh my gosh. It just, it makes my skin crawl just thinking about that sound. I don't know how you nurses do it. Kudos to you. Even pre-COVID, y'all wore, or y'all are rock stars. Okay. Even more so now you're superheroes, but y'all were rock stars. Um, and we had some great nurses while we were in the hospital, one of which still works for the cardiac unit, for the doctor's office. And we saw her when Allie and I went back for our checkup this past time uh, in 2021. Her name, I'm not going to name her name. She is the sweetest. She was a charge nurse on the floor. And um, it was like, if she didn't ask for us, we asked for her. So uh, she was great. But anyway, before we left St. Vincent's, we had this card on our, on Leslie's little meal tray. And it was Philippians 4. It had a little Bible verse on the back of it. It was Philippians 4. And it's the moment in the book of Philippians, Paul is writing to the, the church at Philippi, and he says, don't be anxious for anything. But with prayers and petition and thanksgiving, declare to the Lord. And, and, and it, at that moment, it didn't really sink in what we were about to go through. But we knew how anxious we were going to be. I spent, I spent one whole night, I remember sitting there, I had my Bible. I, I kept it in my sweatshirt. I had a big Alabama sweatshirt that I wore just about every day up there. It was every day. And I kept the, the Bible in the pocket of my sweatshirt. And, and we, um, I remember I looked up so many different scriptures about being anxious and nervous and wrote them all down. And I would sit there and just meditate over those over and over and over again. We had one doctor that we ran across in, uh, at UAB. He, um, he met us at the NICU when Allie got there the first time, day, day four. And he says, you know, the right side of her heart is just, it's not worth anything. It's so small, we'll never be able to do anything with it. And I remember hearing that. And I remember him telling me that the right side of her heart was useless. And I remember saying to him that, my God is bigger than your medicine. And he just kind of looked at me and he said, well, you keep praying that. And he left. I had a bad taste in my mouth about that doctor for a long time. After that moment, I really did. Um, God, God brought him back into our lives several years later and it was a much better experience. But so we, <laughs> we make it home from the hospital and we go to our post-op checkup the next week with Dr. Kirkland and, and, and he clears us and, you know, we come home and, and we're this baby, we're just, 
It's like walking around with, you know, carrying an egg. You don't want it to crack or nothing like that. Especially one, it's the baby, but two, she's just had surgery. So we've got that going for us. Um, we walk in the door at our, at our house. Uh, we get everything situated and my phone rings and it's my mother and she's like, Hey son, you know, um, I just want to let you know that, that, uh, well, your dad had a, a test this morning and, uh, and we knew that he was supposed to have this test. He actually was supposed to have it when, before, right around the time, same time Allie was born, but he decided not to. And, uh, well, he's going to have to have five bypasses done tomorrow. Ooh. Okay. I'm an only child. Those of you who didn't know that. Most of you do. So I knew that I had to be there for my mother. And I also had to be there for my wife because we had this brand new baby that we were still scared to death of what was going to happen. She's still not getting around great, but it, you know, it's like, wow. Okay. So the next morning (laughs) when I should be back at work, I'm sitting at, Princeton Hospital waiting on results from my dad's five bypass surgery. And it's like, wow. The recovery from that for both of them was, um, it was interesting. They had something in common. At that point, they both had heart issues. Um, there's a bond there between them two because of that. It's more it's more of a bond because of that than it is for a grandfather granddaughter kind of bond. There's that one there, but there's also that other. Funny story is after Leslie went back to work. After having Allie, my dad had retired, and he was pawpaw. He kept Allie every day. It's the craziest thing. Man dig, dug ditches for his, you know, his life, and <laughs> he trades in a shovel. Um, for a, a, a bottle and, uh, uh, um, you know, baby toys and st- <laughs> tummy times and stuff like that. So anyway, we call him Terry Poppins around. There's not a child that, that doesn't love Terry Poppins. Um, but anyway, so we're dealing with the, the, the weight of, of Allie and we're dealing with the weight of dad having his, his heart surgery. Um, Fast forward a little bit. We're going to fast forward to uh, April 8th, 2007. Allie's two months old. Her first Easter. Um, her first Easter and also her first open heart surgery. Two months old. Um they went in and did what they call a transannular patch. Well, they go in and they cut a hole between the two chambers of the heart to let blood flow in and flow through. And so they go and do that. By this point, Leslie and I were finally somewhat coming to grips with what we got going on. We still hear these scary words like sinusoids. These things that grow, these veins that grow off the heart and they can rob blood or they can, 
I mean, essentially, the sinusoids can can kill her. Scary stuff. We're still going to the doctor pretty often when we go. Our blood pressure goes through the roof. We, it's just, it's a scary, scary moment because we didn't know what what to do. And even to this day, we're 15 years into this deal. It's still a scary moment. Uh, the past couple of years, it's been Allie and I that go to the cardiologist. It's almost, there's a running thing around our house that, uh, you know, if, if Allie and I go, then we don't have, <laughs> we don't have to do anything. Um, but it's still, it's still a scary moment. So we fast forward, we, Allie's first Easter was spent at UAB hospital. She had the transannular patch. It's open heart surgery. Let's go a little bit further. March 2008, her second Easter, we had her second open heart surgery. So over the course from April to March, the hole that they had cut had grown up. It's like 90% grown up. And Dr. Kirkland was like, whoa, wait a minute. We, we, we just did this. So he decided, let's go do it again. And I'm going to prepare the heart for what could be the final procedure years down the road. And so they do that. So we spend our second Easter there. That was a scary one for us. Um, you know, as a dad, there's, there's, or as a parent, there's moments of course, you always are going to go, you know what, <laughs> just, you know, God, give it to me. Take it away from them and give it to me. There was a moment I was laying in a floor of a hotel room, a nasty floor of a hotel room. And I was face down and I was just pleading and pleading with God. It, it had been a rough day. She had not turn the corner quite like we wanted her to quite like the doctors wanted her to. And so this is post-op, you know, she's in the CICU and she's just not turning around. This is in March of 2008. And I remember laying in that floor of that hotel room crying When I, I'm pleading with God, God, I don't care what it takes. Take this off of her and put it on me. Take me home, but leave them be. Help them to help Allie to grow into this perfect, happy, beautiful woman and, and with her mother. And, and put it on me, God. I'm strong enough. I can handle it. Well, God didn't see that to be a way out. He really didn't. So the next night, we're we're still in that hotel room, and we're still going back and forth. And um, it's just it's it's crazy. It really is crazy. And we're we're nervous. Um, we get a, we, we have a conversation with Dr. Kirkland that afternoon and he said something that stuck with me and he said, Allie'd had a pretty decent day and he said, you know, we're still not out of the woods. Your, your daughter could still die. And that shook me to the core. Um, I call back down to the nurse's desk in the CICU and I said, you know, is there any way that you could have him call me? I'm just, that shook me to the core and I just need to talk to him. Y'all to tell you the type of man this is, every time that I wanted to pray over him in the room, 
before he would go and do a procedure or surgery or whatever on Allie, he would always say, I'm standing right here. I didn't know the I don't know the man's religious beliefs. But I know that every time I got the opportunity to pray over him, that I prayed that, that God would just give him the strength and the knowledge that he needs to fulfill the duty that he has put him here to do. But this man, he not he he the nurse calls me back and she says, I talked to him. And he wanted me to give you his cell phone number. And for you to call him. Y'all, I'm here to tell you. I turned around and I dialed that number so fast. And he answered and was just as nice and polite. Talked to me and explained what he meant. I got a better night's sleep that night after talking to him. So we go home. We go home and that was in March 2008. We had, you know, we had a couple heart catheterizations, which is like an arteriogram between then and um, May 25th, 2010. Um, that was, uh, May 25th, my niece's birthday. We had to face another surgery. This would be her third open heart surgery. And they were going to do what they call a bi or a one and a half ventricle repair or bi-directional glen. All his names were just crazy. And this this is where they go and they fuse the upper part of the heart into the lung artery. And um, so Allie has her surgery. And the first night that uh, we went, first night she's in the ICU. <laughs> We go, Leslie and I were still staying at the hotel across the street. And that day we were very nervous. It's just been a, golly, it's been a long day. And both of us had a, we, we said a prayer before we went that um, we need to see a certain number on her oxygen saturation levels. And it's like, God, let us see that number. And let us, by, by letting us see that number, that's going to reassure us that she's going to be okay. And, um, but neither one of us communicated that to each other. That we didn't communicate that number. We didn't communicate that we had said that prayer. It was just, we, that's what we did. Well, we, um, we go into the to the ICU there, and sorry about the kid yelling upstairs. Um, and so we we go into the ICU and we walk in. We're talking to the nurses, and I'm trying to be positive. Golly, y'all know me. <laughs> I try to find the positivity in everything. I try. To be, you know, make light of stuff. If I can make somebody laugh in a in a tough time, then my job is done, and I feel like that that I have fulfilled my duty. Um, and so we go in, and I'm kind of joking around with some of the other parents, you know, and we walk over to Allie's little bed, and I look up, and that oxygen saturation level says ninety. We hadn't seen that ever. And I'm looking at it, and I swear I'm st I stared at it for what felt like ten minutes. And I got this peace; it just flowed over me like a blanket. 
Remember I told you about that doctor that we ran into in the NICU at UAB that said, you know, the left, the right side of her heart is just useless. Well, this doctor comes walking into the, uh, to the OR or to the, the CICU. And it's like eight, eight thirty at night. I'm not expecting to see any doctors. So he comes walking in and he, uh, he's standing there and he's got a, <laughs> he's got a can of almonds. He's eating these almonds. And we're standing there looking at her numbers. He, uh, he puts his arm around my shoulder. He offers me an almond. No, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. And he says, Dad, I don't know who you pray to, but whoever you're praying to, keep it up because it's working. And I looked at him and I said, Doc, this didn't take my Jesus by surprise. He was ready. And he patted me on the back and he walked out the door. The next morning, we uh, we get up. And, you know, at CICU, you've got your own, you know, you've got times that you can go in there. And we get up and we go down. We go over to the hospital and we go to the CICU and we're, we're there, you know, ready to go in. We go walking in. There she lays, just as pretty as a peach. Nurse is standing there, and we're talking to her. I was like, well, how'd she do last night? Even though I had already called three times during the middle of the night to check on her and see how she was doing. She said, she did great. We're about to send y'all up to her room as soon as we get one available. And I'm like, what? Yeah. She's doing great. One of the things that I, I, I left out that's worth mentioning. Every other time we walked in on Allie after she had had an open heart surgery, she had this white bandage over the incision. Well, from the first or from the, 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 sec, the time that the, she had her second surgery to the time that she had her third, they had stopped doing that. And it's now this clear bandage so we could see the incision. Y'all, when you look at your baby, she's three years old. She's talking. I mean, I mean, she's she can communicate with you. And she's laying there, and you see that. It is so heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. Leslie and I had drawn so much closer to each other and so much closer to our faith that the last surgery that she had, we were the calmest people in the waiting room. Our parents were going nuts. Aunts and uncles were just not, were just fidgeting. Um, I sat beside, you know, uh, my pastor, uh, he was my youth pastor at the time, but I sat beside him and, and we talked and chatted and, and, just like we were just sitting at church and talking or sitting at Milo's and, and having lunch talking. Um, but, it, you know, we had that peace about us. God had taught us through this whole thing that, hey, if you just let me control it, I'll take care of it. I promise. I've got it. Here we are 15 years later. And God's still telling us, hey, I got it. I got it under control. We've had a few scares along the way. We... Um, I went on a, a international mission trip. It's been several years ago now. Um, and the week before 
we went, Allie had a scheduled heart cath. And they went in and simulated closing some things up. And they did close up some really big veins that were starving oxygen. And uh, she did great through that. The whole next week, I was gone. I was in uh, Guatemala for a week. And the whole time I was there, she ran fever. And I found out about it. I was talking to Leslie, and she's telling me, yeah, she's still running fever, still running fever. Talk to the cardiologist. Cardiologist doesn't think it has anything to do with what they did. And, you know, they went to see the cardiologist. And, you know, when she called me and she's like, nope, doc says everything's looking great inside her. It's going to be something viral. Y'all ain't never been so happy to hear about a virus in my life as I here I am. I don't even know how many hundreds of miles away in a different country at, um, Really, poverty is just kind of all around us. And I remember at that moment, I remember there that week, God breaking me down. I'll go into that later. But that reassurance that we always felt that God was in total control never left. Now, I will tell you this. I'm a firm believer that that when you're drawing closer to God is when Satan decides he wants to act and he really acts out because he doesn't want that. And there were those times, man, there was this would happen or that would happen. And, and you know, it's things that, that I'll never go into. In, the, in a public forum, but it's like, wow, we really, this is really happening. Going through the situation that we went through with her allowed us to go into a different area of our life. We were able to go through people that would hear about different things. We were able to go to the hospital and minister to families that were going through the same thing that we'd gone through. We were able to share the gospel with these families and be there for them to, to lean on and cry on. And, you know, uh, it's just the things that, that God shows us and reveals us, reveals to us in life. Albeit at the time, we may not understand it. And there's still times where we we go, you know, I wonder what if. What if we didn't have this? What if she didn't go through that? But I learned to never question God of, you know, why did you take us through that? It's not my place. And as a father, I had to rely on God more so than anything else. Because it's something that I couldn't fix. And still can't. You know, there's a... A father's love or a parent's love of their children is... Um, it should be unmistakable. Unfortunately, there are children in this world that don't have the, the luxury of having loving parents. Or their parents put them up for adoption or mom puts them up for adoption. Or I have a soft spot for that. You know, I mentioned last week that 
the the greatest gift, one of the greatest gifts that I've ever received in my life, and also one of the biggest challenges was being a dad. And uh, I just hope that I'm able to be the dad that my kids need me to be. But to these parents that step up and take someone else's child that to give them a second chance. <laughs> One of the most special people in my life is this precious, precious, precious little girl that lives just down the road from us. And uh, we talked about it in grow, my, our grow groups this past week at church, North Highlands Baptist Church. If you don't have a church home, come see us. We're there every Sunday. Um, we talked about it in grow groups. I was talking with her, her dad now. They adopted her. Uh, you know, I didn't want to get attached to her when uh, when they started keeping her, fostering her. But man, did I. And she's just, she's precious. She is absolutely precious. Precious to me, precious to my family. I'll just tell you, going through what we went through with Allie, I'd do it again. I don't think I've ever said that. But I would. I'd do it again. To see what God did and what God is doing. Nothing short of a miracle. And I am so thankful that he chose... Leslie and I, to be a part of it. So here we are an hour into it. I didn't cry. I can't say that I didn't want to give up a little bit about an hour ago before starting. And there's so much more that happened, but for the sake of time, Let me just, I'm going to end with this. Whatever you're going through, whatever it is, God's got a perfect plan. I I can hear you now. Well, I wish his plan written sucked this bad. Well, you know what? God's got a plan. You got to trust him that no matter what you're going through, he's on the other side of it and he's just waiting. These last 15 years have made me a stronger human being than I could have ever imagined. Ever could have imagined. I hope the last hour has been a blessing to you as much as it has been to me to to speak it again. You know, it's February. So February is heart month. You know, and so um, February is congenital heart defect awareness month. Your kids and your 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 nieces and nephews—they're all going to be jump roping for heart. Hey, give a donation to that. All that goes to the American Heart Association, and what that does is that allows them to do more and more research and 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 help these families that are going through this such trying times that they're going in going through and dealing with right now um you know let me encourage you go go help go help them you can help them by donating um february we love february it's the it's the month of love 
Who's love? Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's heart month around our house. It is. So, um, hey, something to look forward to. Working on a little project here. Maybe a little bit of motivational Mondays. Have a quick five, ten minute, you know, um, little motivational uh, podcast that go up. And uh, some of the things I just absolutely love doing is, is talking and motivating people. Um, so working on a big episode for next week. I hope I can get it done. Um, I, I hope I can get it done in, in time to post it up next Tuesday. I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to have a handful of teachers in the room. And we're going to talk about the difficulties of teaching in today's climate, um, whether it be with tough parents or, um, you know, the, the different things that the, the the school boards and stuff are are putting on the teachers. And so we're going to talk about that um, next week. I've got three of my favorite teachers coming in and uh, two are in special education one is in general education. He is a uh, a band director for local middle school. And uh, yeah, they've all been in education for a long time. Okay? So I'm going to have my wife. And um, she is, she is, she's got several degrees and is working on her, I think it's her fourth or fifth degree. I don't know. Uh, she's trying to be a principal. She's, she's working on getting that leadership certificate to be a principal. Uh, and then I'm going to have, uh, Rebecca Poe. She is also a special ed teacher. She is a, um, uh, Instagram influ Instagram influencer. I think that's what they're called. Um, Leslie has an Instagram IEPs and coffee beans. Rebecca has an Instagram lessons and lattes. And then Rebecca's husband, Andrew Poe. He is a band director at the local middle school, uh, has been in education for a little while. So I'm going to have all three of them in and we're going to chat and we're going to, we're going, we're going to talk about this stuff. Um, so really excited about that. Got a couple other exciting things coming aboard. And so just really pumped to get all that out there and get some, some, some more content. So, Hey, thank you for joining. I hope you have a fabulous fabulous week remember if you don't mind go hey and rate that give me five give me some stars on uh on on itunes give me something whatever you get on spotify and google podcast we're out there average dad podcast average dad podcast on instagram average dad podcast or the average dad podcast on facebook and uh hey we'll talk to you guys next week have a great day